0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Chris Loder and I am joined by my guests this week Izzy Phillips, Liz Batchelor and Katie Midwinter as we preview the weekend racing at Cheltenham, Doncaster and Newbury. But before we get into the races let's see how everyone is. Izzy I'll come to you here first, Uh, not been on the podcast uh, in a little while but you looking forward to Cheltenham this weekend?
1: Yeah very much so. I've got Really excite- exciting stuff going on with race day, so um, yeah, hopefully you guys will be able to pop over onto Twitter and Instagram and see what I'm getting up to, I'm super excited about it, but yeah, Cheltenham's back everyone, National Hunt, full flow, here we go.
0: Yeah, watch this space um, and make sure you follow Izzy on our socials if you don't do so already. How about you Liz, how have you been keeping?
2: Yes, all good, thank you, um, yeah, couldn't make it last week unfortunately, but I am back, Uh this evening and yeah hope as, as he said um the, the the jumps are back and hopefully we'll find a few winners albeit at the beginning of the season whether it's flat or whether it's jumps um is always <laughs> tricky so uh, we'll see how we get on
0: yeah, yeah. It's, it's an exciting time of the year. I always like this time of the year when, the, when the, uh, we see the jump uh, stable tours and we still got some decent flat action as well to cover. So, yeah, if uh, you're a fan of both codes like me, happy days. Um, and how about you, Katie? Did you enjoy uh, Champions Day at Ascot last week? Did you get to see uh, Strad? Yeah, it was great. I saw Strad
3: parading his usual boisterous self. Um, it was great there. Yeah, and now uh, trying to get back into jumps mode ahead of Cheltenham. It's going to be a good meeting, hopefully. So yeah, looking forward to the
0: weekend. Yeah, they've not got a bad card uh, for both days, really, to be honest with you. Um, we're going to be looking at the Saturday action. And the first race we are going to look at is the 2.05 at Cheltenham. It's the eight Sport. is made to play handicap chase over three miles and one furlong. And the Hollow Ginge, who brings back painful memory from, memories for from me in this race, um, who finished second in this race last year, is your current favourite at seven two for Sam and Nigel, Twist and Davis. We've then got Gordon Elliott's Tullybeg, who does have an entry, I believe, on the Friday, next in the betting at 6-1, along with Captain Catstock. The Wolf at 8s, Corser in at 10s, Neville Cross at 12s, and Bigger are the rest. I'll come to you here first. Is he, um, we're seeing a, a Twist and Davis horse uh, at, at the top of the betting. Uh, are we going to be siding with him?
1: Well, it's Hollow Ginger as well. And obviously he's named after the Hollow Bottom uh, pub where Nigel and his team usually go to celebrate after their successful days at the races. I can't even believe I'm about to say this, but I'm really concerned about just the odds of Hollow Ginger. I just think he's really short. He ran a blinder in this last year on on good ground and was def- uh, second to definite plan. I just think he's so short. I will absolutely probably be backing him. But I have had to look elsewhere at the prices and I do like Captain Catterstock. Fergal O'Brien has a great record at this meeting. Um, he's won at uh, Cheltenham twice. And he's also got Liam Harrison taking three off and should have the ground that he likes as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm torn between my... Love for the Twist and Davis
0: team, but also, yeah, just a very short price for me. Yeah, I can see your angle there, why you want to take on the Hollow Ginge. He does go well fresh, which is a positive. Uh, he does well at this time of year. He's, he's run some good races on his uh, reappearances. But, yeah, he does look a little bit short, considering uh, his uh, form figures look a little bit like a postcode. So, yeah, one to maybe take on. How about you, though, Liz? Um, are we with the Hollow Ginge, or do we want to take him on?
2: I'm gonna take him on. I mean we've got six races to preview tonight and I actually found it's the hardest race and I don't have a particularly really strong fancy. Um but at the start of the pump at the start of the jump season I tend to pick out one that's been out recently, um, although the hollow Ginge does like to come out fresh. Um, but if I was forced to choose one I'd take a chance on the mare that is Organdy, um, who has been keeping fit over the summer. Uh, she was last seen winning a Class 3 at Warwick in September on good ground over 3 Mile 1, where, he, where she stayed on gamely. She loves this ground, and at Cheltenham, it does look as if it's going to be good to firm. Um, and I think she's a good price at tens.
0: OK, so that's uh, Liz's thoughts on the race. And how about you, Katie? Who did you like in this uh, first race at Cheltenham we're looking at?
3: I quite like the Wolf. I think you can make a case for those at the head of the market, especially Tullybeg. With his form ahead of Hewick, But I was impressed with the Wolf last season over the staying trips. He has run on good ground and I think he can reverse form with Captain Catterstock now closer in the weight. He is three pounds higher than his last winning mark and I'd just rather take a chance on him at the prices. I think he's best priced at around eight to one. I think he could have a good season ahead of him and he could put in a good run here first time out following a wind surgery.
0: Okay, so Katie quite likes the chances of the Wolf. Um, I agree that this is probably one of the more tricky races we're going to be looking at. We've all gone for different selections, and I'm uh, going to follow suit. I quite like uh, the Charlie Longston, Almazar Guard, a horse that I've put up a couple of times uh, at various points during his career, um, and he's done a couple of favours for me. Um, I just think that the ground will be key to him. He loves uh, this good, quick ground, and if he could get uh, an easy lead on the front end of things, and he gets into a good rhythm under Lily Pynchon, I just thought he was massively over priced. Uh, Charlie youngston's team are in good form at the moment. I've been really impressed by Lily Pynchon over the last couple of years and yeah, I think uh, if she gets this uh, horse into a good jumping rhythm, he might be able to uh, outrun his odds and he's around about a 12-1 shot. But a very tricky uh, race there at Cheltenham and a few there with, with, with a chance. So uh, that's our thoughts then on the 2.05. We're now moving on to the 2.40 where we've got the Masters Holdings Hurdle. Um, an interesting contest here. Pied Piper is your favourite at even money? We've then got Night Salute at nine to four, Doctor Parnassus at eleven to two, Bella Cintella at tens, and Sawbuck is the outsider of the field at ten to one. Katie, I'll come to you here first. It looks like a, a bit of a match here on paper between Pied Piper and Night Salute. Are we side in with one of them too?
3: Yeah, I'm a big Pied Piper fan. I think he's a really talented horse. Uh, I thought he was unlucky to be promoted to second at Aintree. He appeared to idle in the front, and he didn't really rally when Knight Salute came to challenge him. I think Knight Salute has to be respected, but I do think Pied Piper sets the standard following his impressive Maiden Hurdle win where beating Vauban and HMS Seahorse. And he followed that up for the convincing Grade 2 win at this course. I think he's the one to beat, and I, I think he'll have the task to see this through.
0: Okay, one vote for the jolly Pied Piper. How about you, Izzy? Did you like Pied Piper here?
1: Yes, in the sense that I'm quite excited to see both of these guys back together again. Their battle at Aintree in April was one for the ages. That ding-dong battle to the line was fantastic. So i love to see an old rivalry reignite, but I will be sticking with Knight Salute. I just think that he was really, really progressive last season and I really want him to carry on.
0: OK, so one vote for Pied Piper, one vote for Night Salute. Uh, Liz, you get the deciding vote. Which way are you going?
2: <laughs> well, funnily enough, I was actually there in person at Aintree in, in April when when Night Salute and Pied Piper had that battle. Um, obviously, with Pied Piper got demoted to second in the end, albeit I'm not convinced they should have been. But um, I am siding uh, with Pied Piper. Um, Yeah, went back on the flat in the summer at Royal Ascot, didn't didn't he? Come in sixth of 19. Um, And he was only three and a three-quarter lengths behind the winner. So he's been out this summer. Um, The ground is good to firm at Cheltenham this weekend um, and is a horse that can go in most ground. He's won here and his hurdling's always been consistent. It's obviously no surprise to see him favourite. And I think he will come up trump's.
0: Okay, so two votes then for Night Salute. I thought this was a really tricky race, Uh, not one I'm going to be having a bet in. I wouldn't be tempted to put either Pied Piper or Night Salute in the Akers, and it's one that I'm uh, just happy to to sit back and watch. But, yeah, it would be interesting to see how it unfolds. We're now going to move on to the 3.15 at uh, Cheltenham, and this looks an interesting contest as well. We've got Clear the Runaway. Um is your favourite 3-1 we've then got Editor De at seven to Dad's Lad for so Willie Mullins who's been uh, quite well supported at nine to fours uh, The Widowmaker at eight Effinok Fizz looking to follow up from his win uh, last month in the Welsh Champion Hurdle at uh, eight to one Poseidon at twelves El Baracho at twelves and Bigger are the rest I'll come to you here first Liz uh, Clear the Runway he's got a perfect uh, winning sequence next to his name do we think he'll be able to get another one here?
2: Not for me i don't think um and i yeah i quite like the chances of the mayor of fnop um and she was eight to one this morning um and i think that's probably fairly decent each way price um she's coming here like you say off the back of the win at foss last in the class two on good ground kept on strongly winning by two lengths beating the favorite seven and severance Um, into third and Severance obviously came second in the grade 3 Swinton handicap hurdle at Haydock in May she likes to make all and keeps on strongly, definitely seen a change from her flat days uh, since switching to hurdles, she waited a long time for a flat maiden win which she won at 66 to 1 by 15 lengths which the trainer funnily enough had to explain but she's uh, she switched trainers this year, seems to have woken her up, wouldn't be a complete surprise to see her win here off the low weight and again from the front
0: Okay, so Liz quite likes the chances then of Ethanol Fizz to get another win over here in the UK, and there's a nice uh, price of eight to one. How about you, Izzy? Who did you like in this one?
1: I really like the look of Editor De Geet. Um, he, I think you can forgive his last run. Um, if you actually look at his form over time, he's always been pulled up over anything further than two mile two, and he's back over one mile seven today. So. I much prefer him over this distance. He is carrying top weight, but he has got Nahoulihan no with a little sweetener taking three off. Um, so I think that's enough for me to stick with him.
0: Okay, so one vote for Editor De Gee, who is definitely the class angle here, you have to say, but just be interested to see tactically how it unfolds. The Widowmaker as well like to go forward light like at De Geek. so it would be interesting to see uh, uh, how, how uh, the pace lines up. Um, how about you, Katie? Who did you like though in this uh, two-mile handicap chase?
3: Well, I'm also going to oppose the favourite, Clear the Runway. Although I do think he's extremely progressive and he keeps impressing, he could show further improvement to claim his sixth successive win, but he could perhaps be vulnerable to others who are returning after a break. And I'm with Izzy, I quite like the chances of Editor Digi as well, Course and distance winner. I think he's a really classy type. And as Izzy said, his jockey takes three pounds off, which should help as he, he has quite a hefty weight to carry. It is a handicap. He's clearly, you know, the highest rated for a reason. Grade three handicap winner last year. Where he beat some useful horses to win the Red Red, red Rum handicap trade for Aintree off a mark of one three two, He's running off one five three now, a mark he ran off here at the festival, finishing fourth on heavy ground. I think he's a horse who appreciates us on the surface, and I think he's got a decent chance.
0: Okay then, two votes for Edith, and one for F not Fizz. Again, I don't have a particularly strong opinion on the race, I thought it was quite a tricky one, a couple win there that you can make a case for, but uh, yeah, to, to Geek then seems to be uh, the preference on the podcast tonight. And the last race we're going to look then at Cheltenham is uh, the Patons Network Handicap Hurdle. It's one of these uh, qualifiers for the Patons race. Not everyone's uh, cup of tea this race because you, I think, have to finish it. it. Used to be in the first six to, to qualify uh, for the final at the Cheltenham Festival. However, this is uh, one of my kind uh, favorite races. So yeah, I'll be interest interested to see how it uh, develops. Um, Botox. Is your favorite six to one for Jamie and Gary Moore? We then got shoot first for the shrewd uh, Burns team. Um, we then got Salvador Ziggy at 15 to two, Panic Attack at eights, Antalya at uh, nine to one, Lieutenant Highway at 12s. Bigger are the rest. Lizzie, um, I'll come to you here first. We've got a nice uh, big field here. Is there anything standing out at price, or did you like those that were more uh, favored towards the top of the market?
1: I actually ended up looking at both. Initially, I was having a little look at Salvador Ziggy. I mean, I think if you look at that summer campaign, it's incredibly successful. And obviously, in terms of going on the good ground, you don't have to have any concerns there. Um, at Cheltenham, I know it's a good firm, good in places, but I do think that he can't necessarily be ignored. However, I do. In terms of my actual selection, I do like a couple at bigger prices. So I really like the look of panic attack. Um, As Liz was saying earlier, it's nice to know that a horse has potentially had a little bit of a pipe opener prior to having their almost seasonal reappearance um so panic attack had quite a nice run in may at haydock um in a class two where he came second so i think that at eight to one he looks quite a good price to um, potentially come on for that and have um perhaps resume that similar form that was over three mile He's back ever so slightly in trick today at, to, on Saturday to two miles seven. So I think that panic attack probably takes it for me. Another one I just want to give a little mention to is Kansas City Chief. Um, bless him, I know he's 13 years old, but Victoria Melzard and him have such a fantastic partnership. She's taken seven off. Um, so it'd be nice to see Kansas City Chief go well. I'll probably have a little each way go on him at what I'm currently seeing as 20 to one.
0: Okay, so a couple of uh, the there from Izzy at uh, some uh, each way prices. And uh, how about you, uh, Liz? Who did you like in this one?
2: As Izzy was just saying at the end, there, um, there's a vote here each way for Kansas City Chief. I mean, this is a race for each wayers. Uh, Eighteen lineup for this three mile hurdle. Um, and Kansas City Chief is a course and distance winner he is getting on a bit now as he said he is 13 but he had such a good season last season, he was out 8 times, he won 3, placed 3 he's now switched trainers from Neil Mulholland to Oliver Sherwood and came out 10 days ago for the first time finishing 5th of 5 um, but in the past he's shown he needs a run which is what he's had um, he likes to lead and Victoria Malzad knows his horse inside out, she rides again and claims
0: handy seven pounds okay so uh, a nice vote for kansas city chief and how about you katie you get uh, the last say here on this uh, race we're looking at at
2: cheltenham
3: the one that caught my eye was the real whacker he won his maiden on his second start last december before finishing second in a grade two novice event at doncaster he stayed on really well then, despite hanging left. He was beaten only by Marla Mission, who I think is a very promising horse. And they pulled well clear of the field. Uh, the real whacker finishing 14 lengths ahead of third place, my Bobby Dazzler. So I like the way that he's run so far, and this is only his fourth start, so there could be plenty more to come from him. And at around 16 to 1, I quite like him as an each-way selection.
0: OK, the unexposed real whacker is for katie uh the one thing i'd say about this race is the amount of virus representation we've got some strange entries here i guess it's the fact that they think that they've got a good chance to to qualify uh, for the final at the festival there's quite a few in here from some outfits that you would never see the likes of thomas gibney dennis hogan um Amongst others, sending uh, quite a contingent here. Uh, we've also as well got the Philip Burns horse. I mean, I'm not sure what they're getting up to with that one. Um, that was, was sent-off favourite uh, last time at Listow at 10-3. to 3. We know the Burns are more than capable of uh, landing a touch. Um, so, yeah, maybe, maybe uh, this has been a, a plan for them. I think from a horse that could have more to offer moving forward, I think the favourite, uh, Botox, has... Uh, It's quite an exciting prospect of this trip. He um, was quite progressive towards the end of last season over hurdles, which included a win in the uh, National Spirit Hurdle at Fontwell where he beat the likes of Brewing Up a Storm at twenty to one. He's got a nice record as well at Cheltenham. He's won there in the past as a juvenile. And I just think he could be a horse going places. And if there was a horse to maybe step up um, into uh, some uh, graded events later on in the season over this trip, I think it could be him. So he's definitely a horse that I'm hoping will run Run well and can go um, go close in this contest, but like I said uh, the Irish have got a, a strong hand here, and it, it'd be interesting to see uh, how the market reacts uh, to to some of them. So, yeah, uh, an interesting card then awaits at uh, Cheltenham Arms. Okay, we're now going to look at some uh, races on the flat now, where we've got some decent cards at Newbury and Doncaster, and we're going to look at both their feature races. And the first uh, feature race we're going to look at is the one at Newbury, which is the one hundred and fifty. It's the Virgin Bet. Horus hill stakes it's a group three contest uh, over seven furlongs some nice horses have uh, won this uh, in the past including the likes of mahatha a few years ago for marcus trogon and it'd be interesting to see if we can see any horses on on that same uh, kind of uh, wavelength but uh, i'll come to you here first um katie coraggio um has actually been drifting out a little bit and we've got the godolphin horse at the top of the market uh who did you like in the horace hill stakes
3: I'm going to go against those two at the top of the market. I think it's a really tricky race to predict, you know, a few of the horses in here, they've only run once or twice, who knows what they could be, Um, it's difficult to know what to make of the form. But the one that I quite like was uh, Clive Cox's Ancestral Land. Tom Laquan rides, he's been in great form recently crash of a win in the QV2 with Bayside Boy on Champions Day. Uh, On debut at Windsor, this horse, he ran quite greenly. He was only beaten by al Carra, who then went on to finish second in the Richmond Stakes, beaten a length and a half by Royal Scotsman. And the third and the fourth from that Windsor race have also gone on to win since. So it's decent form, and I think he's capable of showing further improvement. He hasn't done much wrong to date, and I think at the prices, he's a decent bet in quite an open race with a lot of unknowns. Around 14 to 1, I'm seeing. So I'd probably take a chance at Ancestral Land.
0: Okay, so Katie likes the Clive Cox uh, Horse Ancestral Land in the Horace sale. And how about you, Liz? Who did you like in this one? Do you like any at the top of the market? Or like Katie, going one uh, at a bigger price. A
2: um, bit of a bigger price. Um, I don't... I think, um, like Katie said, these these two year old races are always tricky. I was actually torn between two, Gray's Monument and Oviedo, Um, But Rafe Beckett's Gray's Mon- Monument just gets my vote, mainly based on his last two runs. His last one being at York on Good to Soft, where he won a Class 2 handicap. He absolutely bolted up by six lengths, which was over the mile. And the race before that, Haydock over seven furlongs, again, winning with ease by four and a quarter lengths. He dropped down in strip. But his blinkers remain, and they seem to be the key for him. Um, If he's in front by the one furlong pole, he'll be in front on the finishing line. So uh, Grey's Monument for me.
0: Okay, so Liz is quite a bullish then on the chances of Grey's Monument. If he's going to be uh, ahead of the one furlong pole, he's going to win, according to Liz. So, yeah, you heard it there first. I quite liked Coraggio here actually for uh, Roger Till, it's actually uh, Half to to his horse that uh, finished second in the 2000 guineas a few years ago called uh, Tip to Win at a Big Price um, was quite impressed by his win at Leicester last time out he beat the Smart High Bank there and the third place of Brian Ellison's uh, was no mug in that race, all the right people were on that day and I think his uh, second at Newbury is actually uh, a race that you want to follow uh, from a maiden perspective this year there's been quite a few horses come out of that and and run well. I think he's a horse that's really going places. He won this race as well a couple of years ago with Kenzie Warrior, Roger Hill. So I think uh, coraggio is a bit the big price here, and I think he should be favourite. I think he's the one that you've all got to beat. So that's our thoughts then uh, on the feature race at uh, Newbury. We're now going to go to the feature at Doncaster, where we've got the Group One. Burton Charity Trophy Stakes uh, this is a race that's provided some uh, really good horses in recent years the likes of Luxembourg Saxon Warrior uh, Roaring Lion um, some really smart types have done quite well in this uh, Magna Grisha that have gone on to win the Guineas and uh, Augusta Rodan. are uh, Will be uh, looking to do that. Um, Aidan O'Brien's got a good record in this race, and he's currently the favourite at ten to eleven. We've then got the John Gosden uh, Epictetus at four to one. Holloway Boy, who's uh, seemed to have been around for a little while, even though he's had four runs at nine to one. Stormbuster at eleven. King of Steel at 12s. Bigger are the rest. Uh, Liz, I'll come to you here first. Uh, Augustin Rodan is the first string of Aidan O'Brien's here. Do we think he's uh, a class above these and going to get the job done?
2: I think five. he was five to six when I checked earlier, and I think that's I think that's too short um, for him. But you know, everyone has a horse which they tend to fall off the cliff with, i.e., you do it all the time, and then they keep on coming second or third, and then. Um, the time you don't back it they win um which is why i have to stick with a holloway boy in this i'm going to give him another chance um he just keeps on hitting the crossbar in these group races and his time surely got to come they're trying him um interestingly with a first time visor uh, which might make him focus that bit more um he didn't have the most clear run out last time i'm not convinced he was given the best ride um but he stayed on which was encouraging um it's also worth mentioning in this race that we get to see captain Weersba since ross orion was knocked slash pushed off of him by Christophe sumion at st cloud a few weeks ago be interesting to see how he goes um but i'm sticking with holloway boy in this
0: okay so uh, Liz thinks uh, Kate um, sorry so Liz thinks uh, Holloway boy might be able to finally get his uh, just rewards after hitting the crossbar on his last couple of starts. How about you though Katie who did you like uh, in Doncaster's feature?
3: yeah I really like this race as you mentioned Chris a few good winners in the past uh, past year's past renewals especially Camelot one of my favorite horses won this 11 years ago and I particularly enjoyed last year's renewal with Luxembourg winning ahead of Sizoko, who was then sold to Hong Kong, a horse that I would have liked to have seen in the derby. And Bayside Boy, of course, finishing in third. Uh, And as you mentioned, Aidan O'Brien has an excellent record here um, in this race. He's joint leading trainer on ten wins, so he'd go one better than Sir Henry Cecil if he had success this year. And I think August Rodin is the one to be, you know, he has a very attractive pedigree being by Deep Impact out of a multiple Group 1-winning daughter of Galileo, Rhododendron. And he stayed on well at Lefterstown to record his first Group 2 on soft ground. Uh, But I think it's probably worth looking elsewhere for some value for a horse that could show improvement to make the places, as I do think he's too short at the top of the market. Holloway Boy didn't get the run of the race last time out, and I'd be willing to forgive him that, but he still hasn't shown the same form as when winning the Chesham Stakes on debut, and I'm not convinced by him as of yet. So I'm going to go for Salt Lake City each way. He did weaken quickly uh, at York, but was a decent second to Group 1 winner Al Riffa on debut, and he won his maiden last time out easily. So I think there could be more to come from him, and York could just have been a blip. Uh, it was a huge feel on good to firm ground. The track maybe wasn't to shoot. So I think there's plenty of excuses that can be made on only his second start. And he's a big price at around 16 to 1 for the son of Galileo here. His dam had plenty of speed and he'll get the stamina from his sire. So I think he'll enjoy a bit of giving the ground too and he could give a better account of himself.
0: Okay, so uh, Katie thinks um, that, uh, that Salt Lake City might be able to bounce back and... Uh... Show a, show a good hand here. um. Yeah, I thought the favourite was probably the one to take this. I think he's an exciting horse for next year. He doesn't look like he's got loads of gears, but I just think he's an out-and-out stayer, and he, he might just... Have a have a class edge to get home here. Um, the horse that I will give a mention to at a bigger price uh, is Roger Till's Dance Dancing Magic. Yet to win a race uh, would be some way to break your maiden tag in a Group One. Uh, but uh, this horse has been uh, running well um, in quite a lot of decent races, and I just think uh, at a bit of a price. He he can definitely equip himself here. He he's got horse. Uh, he's got he's a horse that's got a lovely pedigree. He's by Camelot out of family. Roger Till knows well proper staying family, and I. Just thought you know, it was interesting. Jim Crowley is riding this horse, where he could have gone to Newbury uh, for some decent rides there. So yeah, one to, to maybe keep an eye on um, how his price does uh, come post time uh, on uh, Saturday afternoon. So that's the main ITV races we've covered. We're now um, just uh, gonna talk about maybe some of the other races. Uh, one of the the other races a lot of people will be looking forward to this weekend is uh, the Ulbran uh, Chase at at, uh, Aintree on Sunday. Uh, Izzy, um, have you had a chance to look at this race and is there one that you thought could go well at a price?
1: I've had a little glance. I think I'm still not completely set on who I'll go with yet, but I'm interested to see that Riders on the Storm um, seems to have been declared in this race instead of being declared at Cheltenham. So... There's him, and also if you look at how Miller's Bank was finishing his season, that run that he had at Aintree, um, he's another interesting runner as well. But I'm not completely decided yet.
0: Yeah, one to keep an eye on for, for the declarations. Um, Hitman heads uh, the top of the bat in here at uh, 11 to 4. Do you, Job, as well as a, as a horse that could be going places this season? It was very progressive as a novice uh, chaser last year for uh, Michael Scudamore, and he could uh, be an interesting player. We've then got Millers Bank as well, uh, who won over this course and distance um, at the Grand National Meeting earlier in the year. He could go, go well as well. And Coconut Splash as well, uh, uh, a horse that I think so many people followed off a cliff because everybody thinks he's uh, very well handicapped. He just never seems to uh, put it all, all together. But, uh, yeah, he's definitely one to... Uh, have a, a second glance at if uh, if he does uh, get declared um, for this race but you'll know the declarations for this race on Friday and that's uh, all we got time for then for, for this podcast thanks again to Izzy Katie and Liz for giving up their time uh, hopefully we've appointed you in the right direction of some winners this week also as well please remember to follow us on all the social platforms we're available on Instagram and Twitter remember to as well to subscribe to our uh, podcast platforms where we're available available on soundcloud itunes and spotify please remember to gamble responsibly it is safe for gambler and week, so yeah always uh, remember to uh, stick within your limits and that's all we've got to say so yeah we'll be seeing you again soon